Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL podcast. We are back after an extended break and unfortunately it is just the two of us. It is myself, the ecstatic Steelers fan, Gordon, and then I am joined by a revived Giants fan in Brian. Brian, how are you? Good. Good afternoon, yeah. Gordon. Unfortunately, our Pats fan, Mark Cockrell, who runs this side of the place where we work, he can't make it down. Can't even spare us half an hour. But anyway, we're going to kickstart. We're going to go straight into it. Um, the montage you've just heard is of a couple of nice... Uh, touchdowns from uh, teams contending for the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah, it's been an exciting few weeks. I think last weekend had some good results that not many people saw coming. Um, and we're going to go through four games that we picked as the highlights for us last week, Brian. Going to kickstart it with you, looking at the Redskins and the Saints game. It was a cracking game. Oh, it was a fantastic game. It was end-to-end. And I suppose when you look at it, Marshawn Lattimore going out of the game very early in the first quarter for the Saints. He's been the standout cornerback. He's a rookie, but he's been their standout cornerback all year. And... I suppose we gave out with the Saints earlier on in the in the season during the podcast about how poor their offense or sorry their defense was in week one and week two, but they've you know they've revitalized and re-energized. But last weekend you could see the the flaws from week one and week two were coming back again. I don't know if it's because Lattimore went out of the game, they didn't have players to step in, but we've kind of touched on as well how the running game has been predominantly the best thing about them this season. The balance for Braves, but come the fourth quarter, they're down by two scores. Breeze is the man, 11 out of 11 in the last two drives to bring them back from the dead. Yeah. Their defense stepped up in the end with a big stop to get them the opportunity again to get the game into overtime. But it's a, it's a massive win for the Saints. Eight wins in a row. They're going to the Rams this weekend. It's a really big one. Yeah, I think we've always kind of said it, the Dome, once you put the Saints in a Dome, they just seem to come to life. And they're always high-scoring games. It's, it, it's just some great touchdown passes thrown. Uh, yeah, we kind of we hated on the, the Saints a little bit earlier on this the season. We thought we weren't sure if they were fully there, but... Yeah, when Breeze is there, you've got a you've got a future Hall of Fame quarterback. In yeah, Breeze, without a doubt. And manning his team, so I think um, the Saints will always they will be there thereabouts when it comes, especially when they're playing at home. So it was it was a really impressive game. I suppose I made a mistake. I didn't tell everyone where they can listen to us, so I better go and do that straight away. As always, you can find us the Irish NFL podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. 
And also give us a follow on Twitter, which is manned by uh, Brian here, at IrishNFLPod. That is where you get the latest news. A few jokes every now and again when he attempts it. But uh, yeah. yeah, please give us a follow, um, share, comment, give us your feedback. Moving on to the second game from last weekend, Brian. We're looking at the Rams at the Vikings. So both series contenders for the, uh, for the division. The Vikes D again, so, so strong. It's, it's just unbelievable to watch them play. Yeah, in particular in the home games, just really, really strong. And one of the things I picked up on the game was, if you see the games that Rams have won this year, they've, been, they've had quite big leads. They've never really had to come back when they're down. And they were, the Vikings were very good in terms of they got, got off in tour and eights, tour and nines, and they just couldn't handle it. And albeit it was kind of nip and tuck for three quarters, you kind of sense that the Vikings are going to come out on top. And then there was a 65-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter to Teal. And it was just a little... Slant pass out to the side, which didn't look much. He broke the he broke the cornerback and he was gone. It was a fantastic touchdown and killed the game off. Mm-hmm. There's a big game this evening in on Thanksgiving for the Vikings. They're going to the Lions. The Lions beat them earlier in the season, but the Vikings are starting to look like a really serious contender, especially well, with the fact Super Bowl's in their stadium as well. Well, well that's that, that that's my first. I want I want to yeah. ask you on that one. So they're eight and two. The Vikings, they're the only real serious contender without what you would say as a you know a, 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 a high caliber quarterback. And yet they're still there at 8-2. Are they due to fall at some stage? They've got Bridgewater who's back. Do they bring him in and play him? You know, It's it's gas because Keenum has done so well mm. and no one expected it. And we've had a conversation where should they go to Bridgewater? And even the media in Minnesota is like this kind of love affair with Bridgewater with her saying to Zimmer, are you, when, when is he going to start? And they're yeah. saying, how can we take Keenum out of the game? But there is a feeling even with Zimmer that he wants to do it. But he can't justify it because his quarterback keeps winning games. And I, and I think that's the thing. So I think if Keenum gets into the playoffs... What you don't want to happen because everyone is saying that there is a cliff with Keenum. There yeah. is going to be a stage where he falls. And do you make the change now, get Bridge or uh, uh, Water in, so that when they make it to the playoffs, you do feel a bit more secure? Or do you stay with Keenum and take that risk and roll the dice that if he falls, he's potentially going to fall in the playoffs when it might be too late to bring in Bridgewater? Bridgewater hasn't played a game since That's the true. last Very Vikings true. game in the playoffs, which wasn't last season, the season before. So mm. you're asking a quarterback at this stage of the season when they're going towards a divisional win and possibly getting his, his um, home game in the playoffs, to step in, I think they leave it alone and see how it goes. Yeah. You know, they've, he's won the games up to now. Why change it? Well, it's an interesting one. You know, they've uh, started with Bradford and now yeah. they've had, no one would have seen Keenum leading the Vikings at 8-2. Well, where where does stage? Bradford go from here? Because they've given up so much in the draft in terms of a fourth-round pick to bring him in. Probably not expecting Bridgewater to come back and there was no case for Keenum at any stage. Yeah, very true. And then the Rams, of course, led by Goff and um, McVeigh. Again, seven and three. If they looked at this stage of the season, you'd be a happy man. Oh, they would have taken it in LA. They really would. They've got a tough game against the Saints this weekend. Yeah. You know, if they lose that, they've lost two, and and they're on the slide a little. But again, you're still expecting the least pick up a wild card. Well, I think this season has been a success regardless. I think uh, points scored. I think they're averaging. Oh, was it thirteen a game last season? And suddenly now it's gone up to closer to thirty. Yeah, but and by week eight they've scored. More points this season than they did in the tour last, last season. season. So I think regardless of how the rest of the season goes, it's been a huge, huge success you for just, motivating golf. You just feel they've got a great chance because the Seahawks are a hit miss. They lost on Monday night. Yeah, um, They have a great chance to win the division, but they really need to rebound this weekend against the Saints. Even for the playoff structure, if they lose this game, they've lost a tie break to the Saints. They'll probably end up losing out on a home game. Yeah, well, both Vikings and Rams sitting atop of their uh, respective divisions. And then looking then to the next game, Buffalo at Chargers. Wow. Let's let, let, before we get into the game, the Buffalo Bills, what in God's name are they doing? Like, There's a theory out there and okay. that the general manager in the front office do not want the Bills to do well. They they didn't realise how well they they could done. do. Yeah. They could do. They brought a new head coach who never coached in the league before. There's an argument that they said, right, we'll probably end up 
being a low draft, a high draft pick next year and get one of the good quarterbacks in who will be the quarterback for the franchise going forward because they've no faith in Taylor. They brought him back last offseason when it looked like he was being released. The talk is that he will be released again this offseason, so he's not the future. And they said, okay, let's try this guy. And it feels like McNairn was pushed into playing the guy and he didn't really want to play him. And then it was a catastrophe for the poor lad, five interceptions. Well, it's it's a weird one because McDermott, and, and again, listening to NFL analysts around uh, the NFL, Albert Breer, for example, with the MMQB, came out at one stage there in his podcast recently and said for leading contender for coach of the year, he was giving it to McDermott for what he's done with the Bills. And this is before suddenly he drops Tyrod Taylor and you're kind of looking like, what are the Bills doing? Is in are they trying to implode? It's it. It was just a very very strange move. I do think I agree with you. I think there is something behind it that they're looking to lose games because you don't just throw. A, I think he's a fifth round draft pick QB, yeah. who a rookie QB who hasn't played, and you throw him in against a defense. Are going to maul you? Well, with two edge rushers in Ingram and Bosa, yeah. like, Bosa potentially the best defensive player in the league, even though it's only his on fr- the road. Yeah, on the road, um, and watching the highlights of it again there today. I think there was five QB hits, five turnovers, and in all of those turnovers, Ingram or Bosa, and I think Bosa played a part in two of the touch uh, interceptions, which were uh, touchdowns, yeah. played a big part from collapsing that pocket and hitting a rookie QB and making him throw when he shouldn't have thrown. And he was hit, some of the reason tw- he went down 12 times, and none of that, those, mm. none of that information in terms of stats will, will be seen on the kind of, when you look at the charts of the game, because mm. it wasn't a sack, the ball was gone. So not, not only the sacks, the interceptions, the amount of times he was hit in the game, They've now gone back to Taylor for this weekend away to the Chiefs. Sorry, let, 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 let's back up as well. Five interceptions in the first half. Yeah. And then they pull him. As in, if this if this was due to wanting to, you know, lose a game or whatever yeah. theory we think it might be, you got to feel sorry for the, well, the QB that comes in and gets, you know, thrown to the wolves like that. And one of our followers obviously picked up on the fact that it was a rookie because he was very clever. He put 20 euro on the Chargers to score two defensive touchdowns in the game at 40 to 1. Oh, what a great call. So uh, he's, a, he's a happy man this week. Well, look, the Chargers uh, have done what they've always been doing this season, which is sometimes playing well and then other times not. So this was one of those games where their defense really led it for them. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose we were a bit concerned with the LA factor, but that seems to have eased off now in terms of the home games. They are starting to win a couple of home games. And um, they're playing the Cowboys this evening. They're actually favorites now. So be interested to see how they get on this week. Yep. Yeah, um, moving on to the final game that we're going to look at um, from last weekend, which was the Pats at the Raiders. Well, at the Raiders in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and again, I think Bill Belichick has kind of come out after this and saying he didn't thoroughly enjoy playing in Mexico. It's funny because they were, I suppose they were clever and a bit lot more clever than Oakland, which I mean, Bill Belichick tends to be a lot more clever than most teams in the league. They didn't come back from it from their previous game in Denver. With the altitude in, in mile high is, is not great in terms of away teams going in there. They went straight to uh, Mexico to get used to the surroundings. They didn't uh, drink any of the, the water. They brought their own bottle of water directly from the States. They yeah. um, they didn't shower with the Mexican... The, and all this was sorry, sorry, yeah, say that again. They didn't, they didn't shower with the water within the hotel. <laughs> that's, that's the reports that Bill had put in. And uh, you know all these things were factors in the reason why they said they, they would go there and win the game. And then Oakland arrived Saturday evening for the game on Sunday, and by the end of the fourth quarter, they were gassed because yeah. they just couldn't they couldn't live with the uh, change in surrounds and the altitude in the ground. So uh, you can do by the end of the fourth quarter, this game is over. But one thing I would say is when the Raiders sit down at the start of the season with the NFL and say, right, we've got to give up a home game in Mexico, surely they're going through the schedule and saying, right, we'll give you the Ravens at home. And I know they ultimately they don't make that decision. But to give up a home game against the Patriots, when you know that we have a good chance of doing well this year, 
um, bring the Patriots into Oakland in the black hole will be a very difficult game for New England to give up a home game in Mexico against the Patriots. It's a disaster. Well, the Raiders sitting four and six. Uh, again, we know they've had their injury issues. It just seems to be falling apart a little bit at the seams in Oakland at the moment. Can you put your finger on what exactly it is? Why why Del Rio can't seem to turn the tide to what they did well last season? And is it just bad luck this year? They did well last season, but there was always concerns on the defense, and in particular yeah. the secondary, and they never really fixed it. Fixed yeah. it. They brought in a couple of players. I can't recall the name. They brought in one from the Packers. Nelson, maybe the secondary, but he began. He's getting on in his career, and they haven't really addressed that. I mean, they've got a great front seven, but you can, what if you get beyond that, you know, they're exposed, and they have like if you see some of the scores. You know, they've very high scoring games, and there was one particular home game where they got greatly exposed by the Ravens, who aren't known for a great offense. And then I think the division's gone for the Raiders at this stage because if you look at the Chiefs' schedule, they've got a soft schedule coming up. Yeah. A couple of games at home, which they should be winning, and they probably put away from them now. I was going to leave it at four games. I'm going to give you one more. Oh, go on. And we're going to go to the Chiefs and the Giants. And again, we're going to go to the Chiefs and the Giants because it was the upset of the year for Brian here on the NFL podcast, on the Irish NFL podcast. And Ben McIndoe, um, your favourite head coach of all time, uh, gets a win against the Chiefs. The Giants then come out with a statement saying, we are not going to review the situation until come the end of the season. The Giants famous for never doing mid-season firing anyway. Um, but regardless of these sort of wins, mm, he's gone. I would think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, the statement in itself said it all, but we'll review the situation at the end of the season. But, I mean, it's, it's become untenable. Okay, they won last week because... He by all accounts, he motivated the team with a very open and honest assessment of the game the week before, and everybody had their say. Mm. It wasn't very much him doing the talking. He said, right, guys, say what you have to say. Stop talking to media in the background coming. And by all accounts, it rallied the troops. And the defence on Sunday, which I kind of, we all slagged each other now, slagged me at the stage around how high I, I was on the defence. That defence on Sunday was the defence mm. of last season because they all felt they had a point to prove. Um, Jack Rabbit... You know, Jack asked the week before against the 49ers, then two interceptions on yeah. on Sunday. You're asking yourself, where was that where was that performance all season? Chiefs didn't do themselves any favours either. They were they were calling trick plays in weather conditions where it weren't really suitable for that type of game. I mean, there was a number of different calls and Kelsey drew a long play which Collins intercepted. So they didn't do themselves any favours, but I mean it's not gonna change too much. In fact, I know a couple of Giants fans who said to me, I wish we'd lose now because Yeah. We don't want to find ourselves winning five games and getting out of the top five in terms of a draft selection next year. And it could. We could win some games because Dallas are falling off the cliff without Elliott. They have to come into New York. We could possibly win that. The last game of the season against the Redskins, the dead game, they could win that game. So we could end up winning five or six games. And then all of a sudden, that potential quarterback for the future is gone. Yeah. So we'll see. We're sitting 2-8 and eight at the moment. Um, yeah, I think the Giants, just one of these ones, the stories that are coming out about McIndoe is just... Not good. Not, not good. We have learned, apparently, he has a huge passion for cooking, and he likes to tell all his players about, you know, recipes that he likes to cook at home. Apparently, his famous Caesar salad dressing that he makes, homemade. Like, these are the sort of stories that are coming out now of players that just seem to have no respect for him and yeah. are painting a picture of him as being a strange character, is how I would put it, with yeah. very little influence on the dressing room. He came out this week said he's built for this. I assume he's talking about Thanksgiving dinners or something. <laughs> <laughs> But look, the Giants, they're 2-8. and eight. They won a game. Fair play. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Um, before we move on to the upcoming games this weekend, I did want to touch on one news story, and I know uh, we won't go into too much detail, but Roger Goodell in the NFL. Yeah. It's just scandalous at the moment looking at the... So again, committee set up uh, on behalf of all the NFL owners. I think it's an eight-man committee. 
led by, I think there's um, Robert Kraft is in it, blank, etc. But set to negotiate the contract for Roger Goodell for the coming years. Um, again, Jerry Jones isn't part of that committee, but originally was given a unofficial uh, advisory role, some would say, into that committee. And the next thing, suddenly he's decided to come out with comments saying, you know, he doesn't want, he doesn't think Roger Goodell deserves the money he's getting, shouldn't be as front loaded in terms. I think it was thirty five, fifty million was the original number. Now looking at like thirty five million a year, we're hearing about private jets for life, this kind of stuff from the Roger Goodell camp. Um, there seems to be something's going to come to because the NFL then issued uh, a letter to Jerry Jones, and them to pack off. But the letter is the similar letter that is sent to players that are going to be fined or suspended because it's detrimental to the NFL. I, the exact wording, we'll put it out later on. So the NFL are taking this very seriously. And at some stage, something's got to give Jerry Jones, which I can't imagine him apologizing or stepping back from it. Or the other hierarchy of NFL owners need to come in and say, Jerry, you need to... Well, I, I believe they have. I believe the general consensus coming out is that they're all telling him now, you know, wise up and move away from this. But Jerry Jones put out a statement earlier on in the season. If you go after Ezekiel Elliott with this ban and you continue to push it, I'm coming after you then when it comes to renegotiating that contract. Yeah. And he's the one. I mean, we had this conversation very early in the season and as far as we were concerned, the contract was done and locked down. And it's moved on now because it looks like Goodell has used this opportunity while it's still up in the air to kind of mm. renegotiate and adjust the terms because the private jet was never in the conversation. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, guys, you want to drag this on? Well, and, and, I, and I think one, so one of the leading figures, again, the NFL owners have come back and kind of said, and you've got the, like, the the old school owners like um, the Steelers, the Giants, etc. kind of saying, Jerry, this isn't how the NFL works. Yeah. There's a history to how we do it. We keep everything in-house and we follow protocol. And I think Robert Kraft kind of said, look, Jerry, I got taken away two picks, a million euro or a million dollars from the deflategate uh, uh, situation. I took it. And he's kind of saying to Jerry, you need to kind of back off and l l let's move on. But this doesn't seem like something that's going to go away anytime soon. But he's not your traditional type of owner because... Like how many times you see him getting overly involved and yeah. down on the sideline with the coach is not necessarily he's fair off picking yeah. players, but he does tend to kind of get involved in certain things. I know we had a conversation about his son taking more of a rein and kind of saying, "Right, Jerry, move away from this." But yeah. he's not like your traditional Maras or the Rooney's and Steelers exactly. or, or um, the Falcons um, owner. They're a bit more traditional yeah. in terms of how the NFL's run and Mr. Kraft as well. But they seem to tell them to back off. So it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Will Roger Goodell, uh, you can't imagine him not getting a new contract, but uh, it'll just be an interesting one to see what the details are. I think, the, I think his numbers will speak for himself in terms of the revenue yeah. generator in the end. Well, that's what he's known for, and that's yeah. what he's succeeded with in the NFL. All right, we're going to have a look ahead to week 12, um, work through some of the games that are coming up, including the games this week uh, on Thursday, uh, being Thanksgiving. Um, Brian and quite a few of our fans and followers are going to be in the woolshed uh, for Thanksgiving night watching the NFL um, drinking water of course uh, yep, yep, work, work course. the next day of course yep. uh, but no head down to the woolshed most definitely if you want to catch some of the games live you'll definitely bump into our crew down there um, looking ahead so we have the Minnesota Vikings against uh, the Detroit Lions what are you looking at for this game it's a really tough game to call because as you said the Vikings are now on a roll and uh, they've got a really good opportunity to kind of wrap up the division the Lions beat them earlier in the season in Minnesota and uh, they seem to have had their number the last couple of years. So uh, I'm steering towards a, a Lions win. It's probably a bit of a, people may say that's a bit of a surprise. But just think the Lions, a very good record on Thanksgiving over the past few years. It's four or five years since they lost on, on Thanksgiving Day. They're at home. 
they really need to win. And if they do win, they're only game behind and they have the tie break over the two games. So mm. potentially puts them in with a, a shot at winning the division. So going to go with the Lions. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on this one as well. And I think uh, this could be the cliff edge we've spoken about for the Vikings. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions on this. We're moving then on to Los Angeles Char- Chargers against the Dallas Cowboys. I think the performance the Chargers put in last weekend was very, very impressive. I think their defense, I think Bosa and the guys are going to go after the, the, the Cowboys offense. I just don't see the Cowboys losing this one. Um, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think Chargers will put up a, a bit of a fight, but I don't think they'll score on offense enough to, to really worry the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a tough enough one. Neither of these teams are going to go to playoffs, I don't think. No. And uh, the Zeke Elliott ban is obviously playing in fact, but also they've lost a number of guys on the offensive line. And the week prior to that, when they went to Atlanta, I think uh, Claiborne had six or seven sacks, six sacks in the game yeah. on Prescott. And last weekend wasn't any better. He wasn't sacked as much, but he certainly didn't have the game that we'd expect from Prescott. Don't know whether he's suffering from the fact that Elliot's gone or he's more responsibly on his shoulders. Charges are good. Charges were good all year, but they're inconsistent and you just don't know what to expect. Charges to win a high-scoring game. Okay, be an interesting one to look out for. Um, your Giants then are heading to Washington to face the Redskins. Uh, I think last week's performance was a blip in the uh, roadmap, especially for the Chiefs. So uh, I can't see anything other than a, a Redskins win here. No, I agree with you. Um, despite the number of defeats the Redskins have had this year, Cousins has been playing really, really well. I know he's having that kind of contract discussion with the Redskins and the likelihood that he'll move off somewhere else next season. But He's turned up this season. Other players haven't. And um, if he plays the way he has, I can only see the Redskins win. Would you see Cousins to uh, the Giants if they, can mo- if they could push off Manning? No? No, I think the Giants have got a draft route. I think he'll end up being in there. I think the Niners thing is gone because yeah. of um, Jimmy Garopp- Garoppolo. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'll end up between Jacksonville and Miami. Yeah. Depends what, Mi- what Miami want to do with Tannehill at the end of the season. And also cap space after all the money yeah. they've given up so far. Yeah. So, Yeah, okay. Um, Buffalo Bills then and McDermott and the uh, seesaw of quarterbacks in uh, Buffalo up against Kansas City Chiefs who need to come back and really put in a performance after last week. They do, and the Chiefs have kind of tailed off. I mean, they were 5-0 and oh, and we were all kind of saying geez, these are the team now that could really challenge the Patriots to go to Super Bowl this year, but they've tailed off over the last few weeks. They really need to get it back. They're fortunate enough that the Raiders haven't done anything and they still have a two-game lead in division, so they need to press on and expect them to win the game. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Chiefs will will come back and win this. I think what Buffalo have done last week is going to affect morale in yeah. Buffalo, uh, and I think you can't deny that. I think having the front office and GM involved in the, the QB selection last week, if that was the case, just doesn't bode well for McDermott and, yeah. the, and the team for the rest of the year. We've got the Carolina Panthers uh, up against the New York Jets. Uh, this could be a, an interesting enough game. Who are you going with in this one? It's a trap game for the Panthers, but the Panthers seem to have, I say this now, they seem to have turned the corner. They beat the Falcons at home, then they had a very strong win against the Dolphins on a Monday night. They're going to the Jets, and Jets are going to be checking and hide, but the Panthers have to win. They're in the wildcard spots, and the Falcons now are starting to come on strong a little bit, and they're, they're still playing behind the Saints. They've got to win to maintain that playoff spot, so the Panthers to win, yeah. Uh, Panthers yeah, win. Panthers seven and three, and then you're looking at the Jets who are four and six, and again, yeah, like that had a really, really good start to the season and seemed to be turning into the team that we thought they would be at the start of the year. Um, but yeah, I think this could be a trap game, but uh, I would be very, very surprised if Panthers don't come away with a, a win yeah. in this one. We then have the Chicago Bears and Trubisky, who again has come in and done quite well for the Chicago Bears, um, up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who yeah. are just trailblazing the NFL this year. 
Yeah, they look unstoppable at the moment. I mean, they were nine seven down at half time against the Cowboys last week, and people were thinking, "Oh, maybe this isn't the game. This is the game they'll lose." But came back in the second half and won comfortably. The Bears looked like they were turning the corner, but since then they've lost two games against the uh, Packers and Lions, both at home. So I think the Bears are starting to come to what we expected this season. They won't do anything in Philadelphia. Philadelphia will win comfortably. Yeah, no, Eagles unbeaten at home. I think I agree with you on that one. Uh, Eagles to win this game. Then the good old Cleveland Browns against the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, it's been uh, my optimism at the start of the season. I can't even remember. I think I said they'd win one or two games. I, I picked them last weekend. I talked that I talked. Yeah. The Jags' offences, bit oh. up and down, and the top rounds might have done enough to win the game, but not to be. 0-10 against the Bengals, who are 4-6. and six. Um, Is this the game we go for the Browns? No, I think the Bengals will win. I think the Bengals now are fighting to keep the coach. We taught at the start of the season he'd be yeah. gone, and look, they've done nothing to keep him in the job, but they won last weekend in Denver. They're at home. They, they, they're usually reasonably strong at home, so yeah, the Bengals will win. Yeah, I think at 0-10, I just think the Browns, yeah. There's unfortunately, sorry guys. I'm gonna go with the Bengals on that one as well. Miami Dolphins then um, heading to Foxborough to the New England Patriots. The Patriots have a 17 point handicap for this game. That's Se- 17, and they're one to 16 to win the game. That's how confident the bookies are. Which I'm a little bit surprised because the Dolphins aren't that bad. I suppose they're probably based on the fact that Cutler's gone, Moore's back in more than recently when they went into Baltimore got a, a beatdown. Baltimore can put a beat down on some teams when they play, like they did it on the Packers last weekend. So I don't think it should be 17 points, but you can't see anything other than a Patriots win. Yeah, I think, look, the Patriots sitting 8-2, and two, and this is the part of the season when they come to the fore. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Belichick, he has them a well-oiled machine at this stage. And coming back from Mexico after doing everything you've just said, to lose at home to the Miami Dolphins in this game would be, yeah, I can't see it happening no. either. So I think Bill Belichick and the guys will march on to 9-2 and two, um, after this game. We're then moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Atlanta Falcons. Tampa Bay, I think we've said it before, we were, you know... Um, expected so much. Expected so much. The curse of um, hard knocks is what we've called it, yeah. is, what I've, is what I'm claiming it to be because they have not showed up this year. Yeah, unfortunately not, no. And they won't be eating any Ws no. this weekend because the Falcons are looking good now. They're coming on. They've had two big wins against the Cowboys and going into Seattle last weekend. So they look like they're starting to put a run together at the right time of the season at least to get them a work hard so no Falcons will win the game yeah look the Falcons need, they, they, they can't afford to lose this game especially in the same division so yeah I think Falcons win this one handy enough um, Buccaneers made a lot of investment in the off season and I think at some stage people are going to have to start talking about a head coach and GM situation I think they're, they're both gone yeah yeah, okay. yeah definitely and the defensive coordinator gone, may, may be gone Mike Smith because he may pick up a job as a head coach somewhere else yeah, and then we're moving on then to the Tennessee Titans against the uh, away to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, again, Andrew Luck gone for the year, and just it's the Colts season over and done with. They're sitting at three and seven coming up against the Titans, who again unlucky with a couple of injuries, sitting six and four. But uh, you got to feel a little bit for the Colts because they were, I think, even internally, I'm assuming staff thought, "Oh, Luck's coming back, Luck's coming yeah. back," and it just didn't happen. Um, and I don't think you can, without Andrew Luck, we've said it here many, many a times, the Indianapolis Colts cannot compete in the NFL without him. No, I mean, they've done reasonably well in the games they've won because they brought in Jacoby Brissett and he seems to have kind of given them another lease of life. But they, I suppose you're, you're right. I think there was very much, let's stabilise the situation and get Luck back at some stage during the season and we'll see where we are. But hasn't been the case. You've shut them down. Titans, surprisingly enough, I know it was picked up on this morning, they haven't won in Indianapolis for seven or eight years. 
Now, a lot of that's probably down to the fact that Manning was there and then Nook came in and the Titans haven't done a lot, but I still felt it was a bit of a surprise. They really need to win this game, I think, to get over the hump of actually winning Indianapolis, no, no matter who the quarterback is on the other side. And they're a game behind the Jags in the division. And we talked up the Titans at the start of the season, but if they want to stay at least in the divisional race, never mind the wildcard, they've got to win this game. Yeah, I, I think it only goes one way for the Titans. Um, so yeah, hopefully that'll be a high enough scoring game and Titans can get back to... I suppose playing the standard of football we expected them to play this year. Yeah, they're a bit, they're, they're all be there six and four. They are a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the issue with them. Um, next one then is going to be a cracking game. We've got the New Orleans Saints uh, at the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Saints sitting eight and two. Rams seven and three. Rams coming off a loss, but again riding high at the moment with Sean McVay at the helm. And I suppose Jared Goff, a completely transformed QB from the year before. Um, and then Saints, obviously now they're on the road this year. We've spoken about how well they play at home and Drew Brees is future Hall of Fame QB leading a team that an aging team in certain aspects but also probably one of the key defensive players in uh, Lattimore and, uh, on the defensive side of the ball yeah it's just like we were kind of wondering where the Saints really are for real and then they went into Buffalo two weeks and won and maybe that wasn't as big a win as we thought at the time, mm. but they went in and gave them a good beat down and then to come back from the dead last weekend I mean some comparables already to the 2009 Saints team that won the Super Bowl Brees has the same completion record they came back in the same week that year against the Redskins from the same points down. And it, there's a younger environment there and they just look a little bit more like that team that won the Super Bowl. The Rams, the Rams have had a great season, but I think it's starting to, I, I believe now, it's starting to come to that stage now where the, you know, the pretenders and the contenders, and I think Saints will win this game on Sunday because they need to win it in order to keep up with Philly for that f- number one round. Sorry to force it. And I think we touched on it earlier. If they get, if they get a force seed game in the dome, if Philly have to go into into the Dome at New Orleans in the championship game, that's where I think the Saints will win. And yeah. on the other side, if it's in Philly, I could see Philly winning the game. Well, two Rams losses this year have come at home. Ra- uh, Saints away from home have only lost, uh, only drawn a game, um, or lost a game, so they've won four on the road. Um, I think the really interesting point here is um, two very high-scoring teams. So 302 points so far for the Saints and 303 for the Rams. This will be a shootout, no doubt, at the weekend. Yeah. But that get, that stadium as well that the Rams are playing in, like even though they're doing so well this season, it doesn't look like it's full all the time. Mm. And it doesn't give me the sense of a game that you stage me, you go into and go, I'm fearing for my life here going into this. Thing. And it's because the, they're playing in the Stubhub Centre, which is that's, the that's the Is that the Chargers? Sorry, yeah. uh, Rams are playing Coliseum. the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an old kind of yeah. worn down stadium at, at this stage. Yeah, no, um, I'm going to go with the Rams over this one. I think last weekend's loss will. Uh, re-energize the Rams organization so I think this could be a win for McVeigh and Goff then we're moving on to Seattle Seahawks against the rebuilding San Francisco 49ers um, I suppose there's really only one winner for this one yeah Niners have played tough for quite a lot of season and they probably will again this weekend but I think Seattle will have enough to win the game yeah I think I think it's a fairly straightforward win for this one then the Denver Broncos uh, at home are away to the Oakland Raiders uh, we've just spoken about the Raiders and their preparation for Mexico. Um, they're now coming up against a Denver Broncos team, which you're not a fan of. No. And this week they've sacked McCoy, the offensive coordinator. Mm. And the Raiders have sacked their defensive coordinator. <laughs> so uh, it's one new coordinator against another. But yeah. uh, look, the Broncos are what I expect them. They're now 3-7. Yeah. Elway's come out this week and say players are playing soft. The defensive players have responded saying the whole organization is soft. And by the way, you're the ones that... You're Sorry, the yeah, that was the, the GM came out and said that yeah, this week. Yeah, John Elway came John out and said Elway came out and said it. The players have hit back, though. Yeah. So. Well, to be honest, of all the teams to come out and say that against, there's a lot of personalities on the Broncos' side. Yeah. 
in particular um, on the defensive side. Yeah, yeah. particularly on the yeah. defensive side. Um, yeah, so yeah, like you say, Broncos are three and seven, Raiders four and six. Um, I yeah, I think this goes to the Raiders in my eyes. Yeah, I agree with you, Raiders. Um, we're then moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars against the aging Arizona Cardinals. It's a tricky game. It's a mm. Jags have to win instead of the Titans win in order to keep the, that divisional lead. The Cardinals, Stanton, you don't know what you're going to get. Fitzgerald plays well. I'm going to go with a shock. I'm going to pick the Cardinals. Gonna go with the Car- I'm, I'm actually going to go with the Cardinals as well because, um, as it's been confirmed this year or this week, Larry Fitzgerald yeah. has just signed a contract extension for another year. Um, pretty much confirming he's going to finish his career there. Yeah. I think the only chance he was going to move was if on trade, trade deadline day, um, and we said, we suggested it, that potentially a Super Bowl contending team would pick him up and yeah. give him that opportunity to win one. But uh, apparently he wants to stay there for the rebuilding process that's going to happen. But by the time it gets to a stage where it's fully rebuilt mm-hmm. and they're back in a situation yeah. challenging for the playoffs, he'd be retired, so it's a shame. Yeah, and there's rumours this could be Bruce Arians last season as well. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals with you on this one as well, i.e., I think, yeah, there might be a bit of kudos there from everything yeah. that's happened during the week. Then the Green Bay Packers with their rookie Q, or not rookie QB, but their, their new QB. He might, he might as well be a rookie QB. Yeah, he, he isn't playing much better at the no. moment. And I said, let's give him a couple of games. I think I said three games. And I think the three games have passed and proven he's not up to the standard that the Green Bay Packers are expecting. And come up against my team, the Steelers, who on this podcast, uh, I think about four or five weeks ago, I said, based on the games they have upcoming, they potentially could be eleven and two in a couple of weeks, and they're currently sitting. What is it, eight and two at the moment? So yeah, I think this is another win on uh, on their belt, and I think they'll beat the Green Bay Packers handy enough in this one. Yeah, I'd imagine when the guys sat down to put the schedule together at the start of the season, and they picked the Sunday night game, Packers and Steelers. You're thinking that's going to be a, cl- a cracker. Yeah, but uh, not anymore. The Packers, just no offense, and instead of being given out about the past while, the, even the experienced guys aren't stepping up to help out the quarterback. He just looks completely lost and. He's not fitting into the system. Um, it's a shame for the Packers because they looked like they were going in the right direction before the Rodgers injury, but Steelers, Steelers have to win these games because I think inevitably they know, um, I think it's week 14, week 14, they play the Patriots at home. Yeah. That's going to be the game that decides who gets the number one seed. Yeah, I think this is a must-win game for the Steelers. They win this game, and I think they are on the road to you know a, a, a good run at the playoffs. Um, their home record at the moment is 3-1. and one. I think this is another another win for the for the guys. So yep. yeah, I'm gonna go Steelers in this one as well. And then it's coming up the Houston Texans, the 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 sad story of the season this year. Um, losing JJ Watt again, and then losing to Sean Watson. Who you've got to wonder, as in people are saying he was he looked like an superstar. all a superstar. Yeah. What what does this injury do to him next season, and what does it do to the Texans as an organization? Is the big question. But they're coming up against a team who haven't played well this year, the Baltimore Ravens. No, but. And well, for the, from the game's point of view, I'd imagine the Ravens being at home yeah. will win because they'll do enough. And Savage isn't great. Savages looked good last weekend against the Cardinals because his receivers are doing super things in terms of balls they're catching and touchdowns in which they're catching. But inevitably, he's just not good enough. And it's a terrible shame for the Texans because they looked like they were going to, you know, we we didn't expect much of them this year. Mark might did more so than us too, but yeah. When Watson came in and he was starting to play well, it looked like they could go to playoffs and they could do some damage on the defensive side of the ball. But without the quarterback and without what, it's just one of those seasons they'll look back on and say, "What if?" What if? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that's the big one. Um, well, look, that's the roundup of the games that are coming up. Um, we will put out an update of all of our picks that uh, 
we have gone so far. I think yeah. you're leading the charge maybe at the moment. No, Marcus, Marcus is comfortably in front of the two of us. Is he? Yeah. I, start, I started strong. I boasted quite yeah. a bit at the start of the season. I've yeah. had a couple of rough weeks, let's just say. On the last podcast, uh, we all made a call in terms of who we believe will play in the in Super Bowl. It was like the mid-season mm. chance to change your mind. So you weren't there that day, so I'm going to give it back to you. What's your Super Bowl pick? You'll probably stick with the Steelers, both what about on the NFC side. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers most definitely. On the NFC side, um, I think it's going to be the Eagles. I think I think the way they're playing this year, I think Carson Wentz, provided touch wood, there's no serious injury. I, I think the way he's leading that team is exceptional. Make for a great Super Bowl. Make for a, a really, yeah. really good Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, Mark so obviously went with the Pages and the Eagles. What a, no surprise there. No, so, no surprise there at all. And I, I gave the Saints against the Steelers. Saints against the Steelers. Yeah. yeah. All three of those would make for a great final. Well, look, it's been another shorter episode than normal. Uh, and yeah. we apologize again for the lack of Mark Cockrell, our captain of the ship. But unfortunately, it is the busy time of the period of the season for us all work-wise. So as much as we enjoy getting in here and talking football, real life comes to play sometimes. But look, yeah. hopefully we'll get Mark back next week. That is the roundup for week one. And like we said again, the guys and a lot of our fans will be in the woolshed uh, tonight for the thanksgiving football so please if you're in there make sure to pop in and say hello and as always you can find the irish nfl podcast on itunes and soundcloud follow us on twitter at irish nfl pod and as always the podcast is brought to you by the 42.ie ireland's leading sports website so please check those guys out as well so that's goodbye from me uh goodbye (laughs) i'm I'm used to mark telling me that sorry goodbye from me and goodbye from brian goodbye thank you